the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Friday, December the 1st, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On December 1st, 1991, Ukrainians voted overwhelmingly for independence from the Soviet Union. Today, in 1824, the presidential election was turned over to the U.S. House of Representatives. There was a deadlock that developed among John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson, William Crawford, and Henry Clay. Adams ended up being the winner. John Quincy Adams, of course, is the son of John Adams, who was also a president. Today, in 1862, President Abraham Lincoln sent his second annual message to Congress in which he called for the abolition of slavery. He went on to say, quote, fellow citizens, we cannot escape history. We of this Congress and this administration will be remembered in spite of ourselves. Today, in 1941, Japan's Emperor Hirohito, he approved waging war against the United States, Britain, and the Netherlands. It was a very bad decision. Today, in 1942, during World War II, nationwide gasoline rationing went into effect in the United States. They said the goal was not so much to save on gas, but to conserve rubber that was desperately needed for the war effort by reducing the use of tires. Today, in 1969, the U.S. government held its first draft lottery since World War II. Today, in 2009, President Barack Obama ordered 30,000 more U.S. troops into the war in Afghanistan, Afghanistan, but promised during a speech to the cadets at the U.S. Military Academy at West Point to begin withdrawals in 18 months. I remember that speech quite well. I pondered it. I read the whole thing because it was a different speech. I'd never heard a president say the things that he said to the cadets, the people that had committed their lives to defending our country. It was a downer. It was negative. Today in 2020, disputing President Donald Trump's persistent baseless claims, get this, this Associated Press, these are their words, Disputing President Donald Trump's persistent baseless claims, Attorney General William Barr told the Associated Press that the U.S. Justice Department had uncovered no evidence of widespread voter fraud that could change the outcome of the 2020 election. Well, I'll tell you, Sandra Day O'Connor, the first female, the first woman to sit on the Supreme Court. She died this morning following a years-long battle with dementia. She stepped back from public life in 2018. She passed away this morning at 93 years old. Governor Ron DeSantis didn't waste much time last night during the highly promoted debate on Fox News with Governor Gavin Newsom. 
they uh, they highlighted a lot of reasons that people are leaving or DeSantis did leaving California for Florida. It was mostly a yelling match. It was, I don't think it changed anybody's mind. I think the thing that I remember from it are two things. One, DeSantis told this little story. They, I mean, they talked over each other. You couldn't hardly understand them. Hannity was having a hard time. And I'm, I like Hannity. I listen to him often. And, and, um, he was having a hard time controlling it. It, it. He just didn't do well controlling them. They were just out of control. And I don't know how many people watched that last night. I, I looked this morning before I came on the air live, and um, I looked for the numbers, and I didn't see any anyone that had published them. A.C. Nielsen had not published any numbers from last night, so I don't know how many people watched that. Generally, um, Hannity has... Three point some million people that watch his program, kind of on average. Uh, sometimes it spikes depending on who his guest or guests may be. So it may may have doubled. It may have been tremendous. I don't know, but I I thought it would have been published this morning. I couldn't find it. But anyway, I'll uh, I'm going to find out as the day proceeds because I'm interested to know how many people actually watched that last night. But I didn't. I don't think it accomplished anything. I um, the one thing that uh, Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis, the story that he told that I thought was was very wise. I mean, it certainly uh, was helpful, I guess, to him in in saying this. It caught my attention. Uh, he said uh, DeSantis said he said so. I was talking to a fellow who had, they were talking about people leaving California, and they are. And Newsom was pretending like they're not, and he was just. I mean, he just wasn't telling the truth on a lot of issues. He's just saying stuff. He's he's like like Joe Biden with the presence of mind, and he's well-spoken. Anyway, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis said, so I was talking, this quote, so I was talking to a fellow who had made the move from California to Florida, and he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, lower taxes, and all this stuff, and he said he's really happy with the quality of life. The uh, And then he paused, DeSantis said, and he said, you know, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. Uh, Gavin Newsom looked a little taken back, but he didn't deny that. Kenneth Seibel Jr. and Judith Seibel are Newsom's in-laws. They're very wealthy people, as I understand it, but they purchased a home in Naples in 2020. So they did, in fact, go to move to Florida. They probably have other homes. But they bought one there in 2020 in Naples. Gavin Newsom, he makes Trump look timid and Obama look humble and Biden look thoughtful. He's a rare breed. He's unusual. He makes me nervous just to watch him, not because he's a Democrat, just because of his personality. He just makes me uncomfortable. He's slick and sleazy. It was a battle of insults. Like I said, I don't think it changed anybody's mind. If there were winners, it was probably Trump and Biden. And maybe Fox, depending on how many people watched it. But I really don't think it changed any minds. I really don't. We'll see. Certainly didn't change my mind on anything. It did, you couldn't You couldn't hardly understand what they were saying because they were talking, both talking at the same time. It was a rare moment. I don't think that's what Hannity 
had in mind when he he put this thing together. It was you know it was unique for sure, but I'm not sure that's the way he saw the outcome of that last night. I don't know, but remarks the Secretary of State Antony Blinken made reportedly made during a meeting with the Israeli War Cabinet is leading to believe the Biden administration's support for the country's war against Hamas is waning. If the support ever was what Biden presented it to be, I said this on the program. I went back and checked some things that I had said a couple of weeks ago. And I said, I'm surprised that Biden is so supportive of Israel because I don't believe he really is in his heart. I didn't believe that then and I don't believe it now. I believe he thought it was, or the people handling him thought it was expedient for him to be show strong support for Israel. But I simply didn't believe that his support for Israel was that strong, if at all. So, anyway, the, this meeting uh, was leaked to a Israeli newspaper, and they have pr- printed or published a translated transcript of the conversation. I want to share a little bit of it with you because it's concerning, to say the least, if you are a supporter of Israel. And the Bible is very clear about those who bless Israel will be blessed, and those who curse Israel will be cursed. I mean, those are not my words, that's God's word. U.S. Secretary of State Blinken, he usually is kind of a He's kind of quiet. I mean, he just sort of feels his way along. He's a career politician and so on, pretty much. But anyway, he told he told Israel in this conference, this private conference, that Israel lacks credit. That's the word he used, quote unquote, credit, to construct the kind of military campaign necessary to defeat Hamas. He said that the Biden administration would not tolerate large-scale bombing over the months in southern Gaza. That's where Hamas is. They run the country, but that's their main stronghold within that little country, that strip. Lincoln's remarks were linked to the Israeli press, as I said. The Times of Israel actually quoted, and they they, they transcribed the uh, transcript and made it public. In it, Blinken... Our guy, U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, he says, quote, you can't operate in southern Gaza in a way that you did in the north. There are two million Palestinians there. You need to evacuate fewer people from their homes, and be more accurate in the, in the attacks, not hit U.N. facilities, United Nations facilities, and ensure that there are enough protected areas for civilians. And if not, then not to attack where there is a civilian population. What is your system of operation? So this guy, this uh, Halevi, uh, I think is his name. I, I think that's how you pronounce it. He said he responded. He is the uh, the Israeli Defense Force chief. He responded. He said this quote: "We follow a number of principles: proportionality, distinction, and the laws of war." There were instances when we attacked on the basis of those principles and instances where we decided not to attack because we waited for a better opportunity. Then the defense minister of uh, Israel, he spoke up and he said, the entire Israeli society is united behind the goal of dismantling Hamas, even if it takes months. Blinken, 
then said, on behalf of the United States of America, I don't think you have the credit for that. He's usually a very weak person. I mean, he presents himself as weak. I don't mean to be critical. I'm just observing. He never seems to be very strong about anything. This was unusually strong. I think it brought the contradictions within the Biden administration that even I could see, and if I could see it, certainly others could. I think it brought it to a head. I think this turned on the light to where the Biden administration really is coming from. And it's concerning not only politically, but must much more so it's concerning spiritually. You cannot take a position against Israel without taking a position against God. I'm just saying that's what the Bible says. If you want to rip pages out of the Bible and throw the Bible away and call it some of the verses you don't like obscure, as Barack Obama often did, particularly in regards to the LGBTQ movement, then I guess you're fine. You can do whatever you want, but there are consequences. There are always consequences in what we do. And the Bible is abundantly clear. You can't, you can't undermine, you can't curse, you can't go against Israel without consequences. I don't know why this president can't understand that and his devoutness, his religious devoutness. I don't know. I mean, it's an amazing thing. I do know one thing. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Psalm 119, verse 165. That's yours for today. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. That's the word of the Lord. Talk about consequences. Disney has now been forced to tell the truth. And I want to tell you about it just in the next few minutes. The Walt Disney Company has been wallowing in its own misdeeds since it decided to forsake the company's founding principles and go woke. You know that. We've talked about that a number of times on this program. The whole nation is talking about it. Parents are saying, I'm not going to Disneyland. I don't want anything to do with them. They are not at all what I thought they were. Well, they're not at all what they used to be. They just can't seem to pull themselves out of the miry clay that they've created for themselves. But their day of reckoning has come. It's in their annual Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC report, and they have to do it. All companies do, big and little. Um, The company said its success, quote, in, this is the report that just came out, I think it was yesterday. In the report, it says, the company said its success, quote, depends on our ability to consistently create compelling content. But when it does not achieve sufficient consumer acceptance, profits fall. Now, this is not only a report to the SEC, but it's also a report to the shareholders of any given company. And in this case, it's Disney. Well, if you don't, what they're saying is, if you don't give, get the right product, people aren't going to buy it, and, and and consumer acceptance is going to fall, and profits will fall. Any fifth grader knows that. That sounds like Gavin Newsom last night. 
But why are they not creating compelling content? That's the question that needs to be answered, and it was. And why are they purposely continuing to create content content the public doesn't even accept? They're antithetical to it. They, They say, no, this is not me. I mean, not even devout Christians are saying, I'm fed up. With this, I don't want to go to Disneyland and spend 500 bucks or whatever to run around inside the park or whatever and be taught and schooled on things I don't even believe in. That's their problem. If a company wants to remain profitable, it needs to meet the needs and wants of its consumer base. From mom and pop stores to big brands such as Disney, They'll all soon be out of business if they aren't offering what customers want to buy. That's pretty fundamental. That's called <laughs> that's called free market. It's called, I mean, some companies like the House of Mouse, as they're starting to be called now, they're discovering or perhaps rediscovering that <clears throat> sticking their noses into politics can just be as detrimental to the bottom line as offering unwanted cheap products because that's what they're doing. Disney pointed out in their SEC report, they said its revenues and profits, quote, are adversely impacted when our entertainment offerings and products, as well as our methods to make our offerings and products available to customers, do not achieve sufficient consumer acceptance. Further, customers' perceptions of our positions on matters of public interest, including our efforts to achieve certain of their environmental and social goals often differ widely and present risks to our reputation and brands. Now they're getting kind of moving up toward the truth and they've got their hand not on, they haven't turned on the light, but they have their hand on the switch because they know their back is against the wall. Senator Ted Cruz knows it as well. On his podcast, he was talking in depth about this. He said the latest financial statements, he said on his podcast, it's called Verdict. If you haven't listened to him, it's very good. He said the report was eye-opening to Disney investors who now realize that the entertainment company prioritized politics over making the business successful, claiming it's one of the most stunning corporate disclosures I've ever read. End of quote. Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz. The worst he's ever seen. He said, because what that means is, number one, Disney has lost billions of dollars. He said the phrase, go woke, go broke. He said, Disney has sadly embodied that phrase. He said, I'm sure Walt Disney is spinning in his grave at horrors as what has happened to his namesake. But, he said, Ted Cruz The fact that they put this in their SEC disclosures means, number one, the money they're losing is so significant. Number two, their projections for future money that they're going to lose are so significant that their lawyer said, you have to acknowledge this in the disclosure or else you're going to be sued for misleading your investors. That is the consequence. They're out here trying to indoctrinate families and children in particular with all of this massive universe of entertainment that they have, so-called entertainment. And at the same time, they've been trying to mask all this from their investors and their investors, some of whom have millions and millions of dollars invested in the company and stock. 
think that they're doing what they've always done. They don't see the consequence until they have to report it, as they now have in this SEC disclosure. For Disney's four big-budget releases, they were all flops this year. I'm not an expert on movies and budgets on movies, but I know I know when you spend X and you get return of minus X, that's not a good thing. For their big-budget releases flopped this year, Forbes reported that the, that Disneyland, Disney, how, Mouse House is what they called it again, they, just, they, they spent nearly a billion dollars on these four movies. That was supposed to kind of turn the, turn the corner for them, but it didn't. Cruz said regarding Disney's lawyer, he said, in other words, this is Ted Cruz, he said, in other words, we must write these words so that when investors sue us and say their executives are putting your work politics ahead of profitability, ahead of producing entertainment that consumers want, ahead of actually producing family-friendly entertainment that kids are interested in and parents want their kids to see, that your policies, your politics matters more to you than making the business successful. They want to be able to point to this disclosure and say, no, no, sorry, you invested, and we told you up front. We don't care about making a buck. Our politics is all we care about. And that is true. With Even with some of the Disney family, members of the Disney family that have inherited wealth from Walt Disney's enterprising, they're, they're saying, they're pushing this whole transgender sellout, sell your soul to this movement kind of thing to the company. Disney family members, some of them, not all of them. And they own a lot of stock. They didn't earn it. They didn't create anything. But they're activists. They have children. There's a couple of them that have children. I've mentioned that on this program in the past. They have children that are, one's a transgender and one is, I don't know what it is. It's an LGBTQIA plus something, something. Somewhere in all of that is what they are. But politics, politics cannot replace the free market the way it works. And now Disney has got their back against the wall. I think... I think things are going to accelerate in a negative way because now that they have said what they've said because they were forced to do so, the light has been turned on. Cruz says, no, no, you invested. When these investors now come back and say, hey, what happened? I invested $10. It's worth $1 now. What's the deal? They'll say, no, we told you. We told you we were leaning into politics that that was we were making that important and it could have you know it could cost us something but we want to you know help the world change the world whatever our politics is all we care about and even if it flushes the corporate profits ted cruz says down the commode they seem committed to it and they do jonathan turley he's a george washington university law professor he saw this too a lot of people that are that are wise and thoughtful, saw this, and they knew what this meant. Uh, Jonathan Turley, the law professor at Washington University, George Washington University, he, he's a contributor to Fox News some of the time as well, but he used economist uh, Adam Smith's invisible hand metaphor to explain Disney's problem with uh, consumers who can use their right to choose between products. In a, in a piece that he wrote for The Hill, which is not a conservative uh, publication, it's actually, it's kind of middle to leaning left 
often. And the Hill, I quote it sometimes, but I, I read it a lot, but I don't quote it very often because I disagree with it. Usually, and I'm not trying to make the case for people that I disagree with on this program. But anyway, he says in his a piece on the Hill, uh, uh, he says, Disney appears to acknowledge that Smith's invisible hand is giving the house of mouse the middle finger. In the new corporate disclosure, Disney acknowledges that its controversial political and social agenda is costing the company and shareholders. He compared the family-oriented icon's woes to that Bud Light executive, Alyssa Heinrich-Shield. She said the brand needed to get rid of the frat boy reputation. Remember that about the beer? I told you at the time, I'll say it again, I don't drink alcohol, so it didn't affect me. But it was sure amazing to watch how a brand, I guess it was one of the leading brands of Bud Light, they sh- putting that transgender with that can of a beer in, her, in his hand or whatever, um, it changed the whole course of events in regards to that brand. And they have not recovered. In fact, they I've read articles now that they're looking at the best way to sort of eliminate the brand or sell it to somebody else. There are consequences. Turley said she was heralded by colleagues, even though her move went on to tank that brand as a whole. He used Disney's continuing fight with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and the so-called Don't Say Gay Bill as an example. Turley said this. He said, moreover, when the company publicly declares its opposition to a popular parental rights bill in Florida, It's moving away from a commercial to a political focus. He concluded, he said, you can bring movies to the public, but you cannot make them sell. Once an assailable and uniting brand, Disney brand is now negatively associated with activism by a significant number of consumers. I'm wondering, is Target next? You say, oh, Target's, everybody goes to Target. Yeah, everybody went to Disneyland, too. I remember the first time I went, and probably many of you, if you've been there, and most of us have at some point in our life, maybe Target is next. I don't know. But I can tell you this with great certainty. There are consequences to actions. And we've raised a generation or two who do not believe that. They believe the theory in a classroom is just that. They go out into real life and they're run over by a truck, figuratively speaking. They do not believe there are consequences to what they do. It's like a video game. You can kill all the little icons, and when you get tired of that game, you just flip to another game and go on. There are no consequences. Life doesn't work that way. That's why we need a guiding light in our life, and that guiding light is the infallible Word of God, the Bible. And what the Bible says must be recognized as truth because it has always been the truth, because it is the truth. It is the inerrant truth, God's word. The wages of sin is death. There are people that live like they don't believe that. The gift of God is eternal life. That's a certainty as well. If we embrace God and accept Jesus Christ as Savior, He forgives our sins, and we have eternal life. If we reject that, we have death, eternal death. 
That's what it's all about. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.